Lord, the fruit of my lips, Lord God, let me speak, Lord God. Glory, Lord Jesus, to you, Lord. To you, Jesus. Not just to your name, Lord God, but who you are, God. Our creator, our savior. You're our breath. You're our life. Oh, you're everything, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. He's all in all. Amen. Amen. Come on, let him know how you feel today. Worthy of my praise. He's worthy of all praise. You know, anything other than God is just man-made. Just man's ideas. Amen. But he's the creator, the everlasting. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, would you just close your eyes? Don't look around. Just close your eyes and just thank the Lord. Thank the Lord for your health, your strength. Thank you for what he's given you today, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me. Amen. Amen. In his presence, there's fullness. There should be fullness of joy. Joy. Amen. Amen. We don't have to critique the Spirit of God because where he's at, there's joy. And it just pours out. It just comes. Amen. When it's in this temple, it'll come through the fruit of our lips. Come on, how many is thankful today for the joy of the Holy Ghost that you have? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We may have our differences in weather. We may have our differences in the heat or the lighting. Amen. But you know what? When it comes to the goodness of the Lord, we should all be on the same page. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated or go back to your seat. We're going to... Get into the Word today. Amen. It's been a good day this far. I hope I don't mess it up. Amen. Amen. Good Word. Good to see some folks today. And again, pray for those that are traveling. I know this is fall break for many schools and those traveling, our family. Amen. Pray for the church in North Vernon, Brother John Willis, the church there. Uh, I do want to say Sunday. Somebody say Sunday. The 29th of this month, Sunday the 29th, the last Sunday of this month, we're going to have two services. We're going to have our morning service, normal times, the 10.30, 11.15, and then we're going to have a 6 o'clock service, and I'm happy to announce that we're going to have Brother James Woods here with us. Amen. He's going to be in town, and uh, amen. On, on that note, I've been asked to MC uh, out here on 32, that Friday night service. They're having a little conference things. Brother Medlin asked me if I would mind emceeing, so I'll just want to invite the church to come out if you can, rally around your pastor, and amen, so I can look out there and see some familiar face, and not be full of anxiety or insecurity. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, thank you. Uh, amen. Appreciate the church here. Grab your Bibles. We're going to get into the word of the Lord. Seemed like there was something else I was going to 
tell myself to tell everyone, but uh, amen, if it comes, it'll come. Praise God. Peanut brittle. We had our meeting, and we've asked for everyone, and uh, I'm just going to say this one time. Uh, uh, when I don't like what I see, I will be saying something. Everyone, everyone should be involved. Everyone should be involved in some way, whether it's putting on labels, whether it's cleaning up, whether it's being a part of it. Every, if this is your church, you should be involved. If you're not involved, it's really not your church. You're just an attendee. There's a big difference in a member and attendee. There is. There is. Go to your job. There's a difference between a part-time and a full-time. Amen. So a lot of things in life that, you know, you might say, oh, preacher, you're being unfair. And I'm, being, I'm not being unfair. I'm just being honest. I don't care what kind of, how busy our schedules are. This comes every year. We've been doing it for 20 years. And so if we're not going to do it and do it right, uh, I don't want to do it at all. And so that's, that's, just, that's just the way it is. And I want you to know that. We've had real good, I mean, we had a real good uh, uh, white elephant auction. We've had, amen, great things happen. So let's not, let's not go into the winter here. Uh, it's still fall. Let's not go into the fall or the winter months. Amen. We want to make sure we get this knocked out. We have committed with the uh, uh, Optimus Club to do the peanut brittle for them especially. So we want to make sure we do that. We're going to do ours first here in the beginning. So get us some out there. Uh, matter of fact, we've already published, put out there that uh, Wednesday there'll be peanut brittle available. Amen. So, uh, oh, by the way, Brother Rick, I think I told you, uh, I just need a couple people uh, to put labels on. So see me after church. It's that time. Uh, those that want to be a part of that. John chapter 13. How many thought my helper at the White Elephant Auction did a good job? Actually, I'd like to see him do that hairdo more often. Slick. John chapter 13. Amen. We're going to read verses 18 through 24. John chapter 13. And uh, like Sister Kirsten said uh, in our Bible class, amen, there's things, things that the Lord gives you. You think, Lord, I hope I can expound. I hope I can deliver them like you see fit. John chapter 13, picking up at verse number 18, Jesus speaking here. He just, just had spoke to them, and he let them know that there are things that he just had spoken to them about, and happy are you if you do them. Verse 18, he said, I speak not of you all. I know whom I've chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now, verse 19, I tell you before it come, that when it is come, when it's come to pass, ye may believe that I am he. He's setting the tone here, letting them know about what the, what's about to take place. Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say unto you that he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me. Be careful who you reject. I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. Verse 21, 
When Jesus had just said these things, he was troubled. Get this. He spoke this, and he was troubled in spirit. And he testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on the other. Now, I want you to, I want you to picture this. When he says that, of course, you know, when the Lord says something like that, everybody's on edge. I wonder who it is. I wonder who it is. And, but they, they looked at each other. And I, I, the thing I want to really, really drive home here is they didn't know. It wasn't obvious. Verily, verily, I said to you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on the other, doubting of whom he spake. Now, there, were, there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom he loved. Some say it was John. Simon Peter, because Simon Peter, therefore, beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. He said, I want you to find out. I'm going to go ahead and read verse 25 and 26. He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Verse 26, Jesus answered, he it is whom I shall give a sop when I have dipped. And when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And after the sop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto him, That thou doest, do it quickly. Going back to verse number 21, I want to draw the thought one of you shall betray me. And I'm going to title this message this morning, Temptation is not a sin. Say it with me. Temptation is not a sin. Thank you. You can be seated. I hope that's jarring your, your thoughts already. But when we think about it, and... You know, I've thought a lot about this last few days. All of the people found written in our Bible, of everybody that we can think of, I mean, from, from Genesis to Revelation, probably there's no worse name to have than that of Judas. In fact, Judas was a well-known name at the time, but I believe from this point on, parents probably avoided naming their children Judas. In fact, I was trying to think, do I know any Judases other than spiritually? Well, I'm seeing if you're listening. Because there's none more named, looked down upon than that of Judas that betrayed Jesus. Now, I want to point out some things I feel like the Lord has really been laying on my heart lately. Uh, Judas, in fact, Judas was one of, of the 12 who was not from Galilee. All the rest were from Galilee, the area, but Judas was not from the area. But for two years, Judas, his ministry, uh, there was very little to distinguish in other words, when they're all together, there was nothing there that distinguished him being any different because he wasn't from Galilee than the rest of them. And I'm saying this for a reason. Sometimes, sometimes some things are hard to tell. 
especially in our day and age today. We're living like we're all right when we know that we're not. In fact, it's a sad thing when in prayer, uh, when you're praying for someone or something, and God says, I have spoken to them, but they're not listening to me. It's a sad feeling or thought and very scary. And so he was one of the only ones that wasn't from Galilee, but he was with the group, and it wasn't anything that was distinguishable that made him different. So I want to make sure we understand that. And, of course, when we look at this and we listen to what Jesus had to say about Judas and how everything transpired, of course, we ask ourselves, why? Why did this young man, why, first of all, why was Judas chosen by the Lord? And why did he choose the path that he chose? And there's a lot of variables here, amen, that we could talk about. But St. John chapter 17 verse 12 kind of gives us an indication that the scripture might be fulfilled. Everything the Lord did in his ministry was fulfilling on this earth. Everything that was prophesied by the prophets of old, amen, when Jesus walked this earth, he fulfilled those prophecies. And so we see that all of this happened for a reason. It was prophesied it was going to happen. It was prophesied specifically in detail about the money and about some things that were going to take place when the Lord would be turned over or be given up to the cross. And so look at what he says here. He says that the scripture might be fulfilled. But notice, he's called the son of perdition. Perdition means eternal damnation, eternal death, ruin, waste, loss, destruction. Now we see why there's not too many names of Judas running around. The name itself is enough to... Kind of because he was given the title, uh, the son of perdition, perdition, the son of ruin, the son of waste, the son of loss. Even though, watch, even though it's tied to fulfillment, we're living in the last days. The church might be on fire, revival might be breaking out all over the world, but we're still headed down the pike and down the path of last days of the return of the Lord. That means things have got to happen. We had this discussion, I believe, last night or this morning in our home before the kids left. Some people like to stick their head in the sand, not see the news, especially when it comes to the bombing of Israel. And, well, you know, the news, it might be reporting false and all these things. And, you know, there's a slant, you know, I don't trust this and don't trust that. All those things are out there in the world. But the bottom line is, especially for Christians, we have the Word of God, and the Word of God has been spoken to us, and we know, like this episode here, amen, it's going to be fulfilled. It's going to happen. Look at your neighbor and say it. It's going to happen. If you're a fence railer, if you're just a half-baked Christian, and I say half-baked means you're not fully done yet, you better get on board and better get done. Come on, we better be ready. 
And I'm not saying that out of meanness or, you know, Brother Purdue's being, you know, better being, use those terms. We better be ready for our soul, our eternity's sake. We better stop playing games. Come on, we better start, we better start glorifying God and be the church that God wants us to be. We better be the light. Or we're in trouble. Because when you look, just the title given to, given to Judas, because there's at least four messianic prophecies that's spoken of the Old Testament that indicated into the New Testament that someone close to Jesus, the Messiah, would betray him. G- Judas fulfilled that. We know that, don't we? We have the experience and we have the Word of God to know that. Could Judas have been helped? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Judas was motivated and moved on his own choices. It just so happens the Lord knew it's going to happen. And when he picked his 12, guess what? He knows. He knows who's going to be who. Get this. Listen, God knows who's half and half. God knows who's not all out there. Let God take care of those. Come on, you want to come and sit in a pew and be an attendee? Go right ahead. But you need to get in. You need to get in as far as you can get. You need to get as full of the Spirit as you can because there's things happening around you. And Judas is a good example of what's missing. He was like the other 12 disciples. He had all power. Amen. He was given power over every demonic spirit. In fact, he was one of them that come back with the 70 and said, man, we've got power over demons. We cast them out. He was one of them. But here it is. Amen. Now he's facing choices that he's choosing to make. You say, Brother Purdue, why did Judas do what he did? Doubt. Doubt will cause you to do things. Oh, uh, the Lord knows what he's doing when he's teaching to us today. Doubt. We've got so much doubt in ourselves. If we're not careful, it'll cause us to do things that, that we wouldn't ordinarily do. Even in our reasoning mind, we would not do. Wouldn't sell somebody out on our own. But notice this, because I, I, this is what the Lord took me to. Now, I want to address something. Some say, and I've heard preachers say, that Judas was predestined. He was, he was predestined by God from the beginning of time for his eternal destination. I don't believe that for one second. I don't believe that Judas was predestined because in my Bible, I don't find predestination for everything. I don't find predestination for personal things. I find predestination for the church. Read it. I've been looking. I mean, three days trying to figure out predestined. No, nothing is about predestined, only about the church. The church from the beginning of creation, from the beginning of time, the church, God's people, was predestined. But personally, our own predestination is not there in the Scripture. You cannot find it. 
It's all about personal choice because if it's not, amen, then guess what? There's some things that we're going to be, that we're going to do that we're going to say, hey, it wasn't in my control. It is in our control. God knew that and God knows that. Everything that we do, look at me, everything that you do, whether you do it right or wrong, it's a personal choice. You can't blame it on somebody else. Get this. Because we've got to understand who we are. It's not true that predestination, because it's not scriptural. It's a valid subject of the scripture, but it only applies to the institution of the church. I want us to get this. Ephesians chapter 1, if you want to read that, amen, it explains. Because nowhere in the Bible is there any allusion to personal predestination. God deals with everyone. Somebody say everyone. On the basis of our own actions and willingness. Let me, let me back up and rephrase that. God deals with us. Amen. God deals with everyone on the basis of our own actions and willingness to respond to his grace. What is his grace? His love. His concern. If, look, look at me. And some of you need to get this because the things that you're doing doesn't show that you're concerned what God thinks at all. You're not operating in the grace of God. You're using the grace of God as a doormat to do whatever and just, you know, I'm going to wipe my feet off and go on in. It's not how it works. And we've got to understand God deals with everybody the same. Personal choice to everybody. James chapter 1. Verse 13, I want you to get this. I feel the Holy Ghost. Look at me. I love everybody here, but I want to tell you something. Read this. Ain't a one of you. Let nobody, let no man say when he's tempted. You're a liar. Because I believe the word of God. Let no person say when they're tempted, I'm tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. Neither tempteth he any man. God's not going to tempt you, but here's what happens. Look at next, next verse. But every man, somebody say me. Every person is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Next verse. Then when lust have conceived, it brings forth sin. Temptation is not the sin. It's what we do when we're tempted that makes it a sin. Come on, temptation always is going to be there in our flesh. But we've got to recognize God didn't tempt you. God's not putting it there. Amen. It's the environment you're living in. It's where you place yourself. It's what you're letting your mind go through. Amen. That's causing temptation. And why? Because the devil knows how to get a hold of you. And he knows, amen, if he can put that there, then guess what? You might react to it. Oh, I'm preaching today. Come on. We've got to learn. I rebuke the devil. Amen. We can't be like Judas. We've got to listen. At one time, I can rebuke the devil. He's going to step up and say, listen, get behind me, Satan. I'm not settling out the Lord. 
You're going to have to find somebody else. I ain't doing it. He could have made that choice. Did you let the devil convince you, oh, well, you couldn't help it. Yes, he could have. And I'll give you another example. The apostle Peter. The apostle Peter went through everything Judas went through. And the Lord even told him, guess what? I want you to know, Peter, the devil, the Satan desires to get you and sift you like old wheat. Shuffle you around like, look at it, like you're nothing. I prayed for you. I prayed for you. The Lord said, listen, and, and, and we know the story of Peter. The Lord put him through a series, or let him, let him be tested and go through a series to see what he's really about. Because remember what the Lord asked him? Do you love me? No, one time, do you love me again? Do you love me? Would you shut up? I mean, come on, I've told you, yes. He keeps on pushing it. You know what? Before the night's over, before the, the, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And, of course, we know the progression, denied him, denied him with an oath, and then cursed the third time when he denied him. Just shows the progression. When we don't get that spirit under control, guess what? We'll get louder and louder and more boisterous and more crazy. And next thing you know, we're saying things we shouldn't be saying. It's what happens. It's what happens when we don't have power. Say, get behind me, Dad. You're not going to use me like that. Peter had the power. But notice the difference. And I looked at this and I thought, man, because Judas never went back to Jesus. Judas went back to the people. He went back to those that he shouldn't have went back to. He didn't go to the Lord and repent. He tried to repent to those that he took the money from and give it back. But he didn't go to Jesus. Peter went to Jesus and asked for forgiveness. Peter went to the Lord. Amen. You want to do the right thing? Go to the Lord. Why? Because when temptation comes that's the only way out let the Lord take care of it he will between the two we see the difference it's not temptation it's look at it. it's not the devil What do you mean it wasn't the devil? Judas did what he did before. Because notice, when, when Jesus said, one of you, he, he set the tone, who is it? Hey, John, you're right there. You're always right there close to the Lord. We can't get it close. Find out who it is. And he told John, what did he tell John? The, ones that, the one that sops with me. The one I share with. What? Notice what happened. Oh, man, I feel the Lord. Judas had. <laughs> Come on, somebody get this. In this body of believers today, Judas had the opportunity to make things right all the way up until the time that he sought with the Lord. Because when he sought with the Lord, what does the Bible say? Right after that is when Satan entered into him. 
He had the choice. He had the mind to change things. He had the, come on, he had the power to rebuke the devil, but he didn't do it. Amen. All the way up until the time he sought with the Lord. Amen. And then the devil entered into him. And Jesus looked at him and said, go do what you're going to do. Come on, close your eyes all over this place. Come on. I believe God's talking to us, church. I believe it's time. we got to realize you've got power. You've got power over all that of the enemy. Stop letting the devil, stop letting the enemy make you think that you're nothing. Stop letting him make you think that you have no power, no ability. Amen. Rebuke the devil. I don't care how loud that voice is. I don't care how, amen, the situation looks. All the way up until time that they sopped together. Amen. Guess what? He could have repented. He could have said, wait a minute. Uh, amen. I want you to know something. Uh, I don't want to be a part of this. Uh, I, I, I asked for forgiveness. He could have said, Lord, forgive me. And does anybody in this place think the Lord wouldn't have? Well, they'd had to start all over. Well, they may have. You hear. You hear the word today. It's not, listen, it's not temptation that's coming your way, that's, that's frustrating you. It's not temptation. It's what you're doing with it. It's a, come on, every person's given to temptation. We all are in our flesh. Come on, we all have things that we have to deal with. We all, you know, the things that are birth and sin that's around us and all these things bring, but it's how we respond that brings it to fruition. And I feel the Lord. Let me confirm to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. I don't know what I've taken or eaten. But man my mouth is so dry. I think it's that CPAP thing. I just can't get over it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13. The Lord promised a way out. Judas, are you hearing this? You got a way out. Verse 13. There's no, there hath no temptation, no tempt, no tempt, no temptation taken you. No temptation taken you, but such as is common. In other words, guess what? There's things that we're all, you know, we're all tempted. If you're on a diet, you're tempted to eat a, a donut, a piece of cake. Especially if you stand and look at it very long. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. But will, with what? The temptation, also make a way to escape. That ye may, what? Be able to bear it. So no matter what temptation comes your way, that's not the sin. Amen. The sin is how you react to it and what you do with it because you're going against the word of God because he says, I'm not going to give you any temptation that you cannot get over. Come on, stretch your hand. Come on, young people. It's talking to you. I don't care if you're young. Age don't have nothing to do with it. Well, I deserve to mess up. No, you don't. 
You got the Holy Ghost, you should strive for perfection. You should strive to do the right thing. You should want to please the Lord. I don't care if you're 90 years old. We should want to please God. Amen. And not expect everybody to overlook us. Amen. Because temptation is from a carnal mind. It is simply, it's, it's from a carnal mind. And a carnal mind will always seek worldly solutions to a spiritual problem. Always. You read about Judas in John 12, and you'll find out, verses 1 through 6. Because Judas kind of exposed himself a little bit there. Remember, was it Mary that was going to wash Jesus and use that expensive ointment? It was Judas that he got all spiritual. Carnal-minded, but got all spiritual. Hey, could we took that expensive ointment and sold it for 200 pence and gave it to the poor? Brother Purdue, can't we take the money from this or that and do, and do something wonderful for the poor or for the community? Come on, sounds spiritual, but that's not well, sometimes what it's supposed to be. Come on, we got to invest in our young people. We got to invest in revival. We got to invest in the church because it's like anything else. We can't help nobody until we help ourselves. I was going to say fly a plane. You'll be on a plane, you'll see. Judas was on his own, making his own choices until Satan entered in. Put up chapter 13, verse 27 again. I, I, want, I want you to see this. Because Satan entered into Judas. And you go to Luke 22, I believe it is, and you go to uh, 13 here and verse 2, back up to verse 2, you'll find the, the devil is busy. Notice that if you're sitting to an empty chair, look over at it. Devil's right there. He's occupying. He's eyeballing this service. He's watching for the signs. He's watching for the signals. Come on, he, he can definitely hear our voices. He's watching to see you trip up. He's watching to see what bothers you. He's watching, amen, to hear you say something about what the preacher's preaching. He loves it. And he may not do nothing right here, right now, but he will. Remember what Brother Purdue said? Remember what the man, remember what, remember, that's, that's his business. And, and, and I, I, I think we'd be foolish to think that sitting around the table and, and, and Judas sitting there with Jesus, and it's about to go down, that he is not thinking about the choices. You know, I don't know if he was the Messiah, but I'm, I'm starting to wonder. I mean, seeing all these things, he, he, he knew that he had power over the devils. I mean, he's already committed. To, and he said he had to have some kind of, maybe I ought not do this. Maybe, maybe. And when the Lord reached out to him, Oh, you better believe the devil, amen, is always going to show up. Don't do it. Don't give up. 
Stay with the course. You're on the right path, dude. You got this. He knows how. But he didn't have control until the Lord allowed it. Why did the Lord allow it? Because he spoke it. The one that sops with me is the one. He gave, you get this? He gave Judas a chance all the way up until the moment. Isn't that the way we operate? We'll go through life. Man, we'll tear up Jack. And, 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 and then, you know, we'll try to get spiritual, try to get holy, and we'll try to get right with God when we're a mess. Because when he left there, and they come and got Christ, and he, of course he kissed him. And when he left there, guess what? He went, and you, you, you watch his path. He went and tried to do everything because guilt, condemnation set in. Once the devil, listen to me, once the devil gets you out there, he gets you on the edge. He'll saw that limb. It don't bother him one bit. He, from that point on, he didn't care because Judas couldn't do anything about it. And Judas didn't have the mind to go back to Jesus. Follow his path. Everything he did was just contrary to what would have been the right thing to do. Listen, I'm talking to somebody. you got time to make things right with the Lord. You don't have to prove nothing to me. You don't have to prove nothing to somebody. You have time to make things right with God. You know where you live. Because if we're not, listen, if we're not, and we have scripture after scripture, if we're not serving him, if you're not for me, you're against me. There's no gray area. There's no, there's no you're the light, in the light or in the dark. Think about it. It's serious. And so we've got to take and realize because the devil's trying to tell, tell some, he's trying to tell some people, obviously, that the temptation that you're allowing to overtake you is okay. That's, it's just life. That's just what's supposed to be. I, I, you know, it's, it's a pilgrimage. You know, I'm on this path. I think it's right. I, I've got to, listen, you've got to understand. No, it's not. It's not the temptation. It's the reaction. It's what we do. Then if we're not careful, what? We're not careful, guess what? When we get too far, the devil comes in. And you know what? That's what happens. They get out of church. Start doing everything in the brother. You can tell a backslider that's, that really had the Holy Ghost. First thing they do, they go out and get worldly. Look worldly. Cut their hair off, change their clothing, change their actions. Go places they knew they couldn't go before or wouldn't go before. You, you see it. You see it happen every time. Not once in a while, every time. No one gets more spiritual when they cut the church loose than I've ever seen in my whole life. Never. Don't get more spiritual. Usually it gets worse. And then it gets worse. And then it bleeds into the family. And that family gets worse. And then there's dysfunction. You think there was dysfunction before. Now it's even worse. It happens. All because of how temptation gets handled. When Jesus held out and said, listen, stop with me, friend. Think about it. What a, what a thing. Judas could have changed everything then. But he didn't. He could have repented. Come to music. Go ahead, come to music. 
I said it before, I'll say it again. Judas had the same power that the other disciples had. Even the devils. He could have rebuked the devil. We know Judas wasn't the only disciple that Satan was after. We know that temptation always shows up. You know, temptation is like your modern-day cell phone. Things that you mention around your house all of a sudden start popping up on your advertisements. We blame it on the man, the government. You know, we blame it, we blame it on the system. Listen, if you can be aware of that, you better be aware of the devil. He knows he knows your intent and purpose. The difference Judas relied on his natural abilities and went to the wrong people. Stand with me. I feel led today to let somebody know, or maybe several, I don't know. God knows. See, God knows your heart. You can judge me by what you think I'm saying or God knows, but I'm, gonna, I'm here to tell you, we are not saved. We are not delivered by potential. Potential will not save you. Potential will not deliver you. It didn't Judas. He was with him two years. Two years. Seen all kinds. You know, he, he, hey, Rick, he was elected treasurer. That's almost scary. It's almost scary. Right there. You see, I think beginning intention was all there. Every, everybody intends on. I believe there's people here today. You intend on pleasing God, but just seems like you can't. Rebuke that devil. Rebuke. Come on, rebuke that, that vice that's got you. Come on. Close your eyes all over this place. Bow your heads. Don't look around. Don't look around. That vice. There's vices that just get us. And we think, oh, I don't have no control. You tell the devil, he's a liar. You do have control. You have the choice. Why? Because we're not saved by potential. We're saved by grace through faith in Jesus. Don't go to somebody else or something else about it. Go to the Lord. Get on your knees and let him know, I am serious, God. Rebuke the devil and he will flee. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, last verse. For the grace, for by grace are ye saved through faith and not that of yourselves. It is the gift of God. We could say, oh, if Judas would just known that, he did. He did, and he chose to reject it. Something else overpowered him because there was something inside him that caused him to be drawn to that temptation 
Maybe it was because he took care of money. Maybe it was because of those things that he would sell the Lord out. Maybe he didn't realize in the beginning really what the big picture was and what was just about to take place. All that, you know, friend, doesn't really matter because we can stand before the Lord on Judgment Day and all that potential and all that coulda, shoulda, woulda will mean nothing. Hear the preacher today. means nothing. You've got to get to the Lord and you've got to change. You've got to change your way of thinking and doing. Come on, do you hear me? You've got to make that choice. Peter did. He's one that did. <laughs> the Apostle Paul did after the Lord made it very clear who he was and who he was fighting against. He could have refused and said, I'm not believing that jargon. But when the Lord makes something so clear, Come on, this is the key. When the Lord makes something so clear to you by his word, by his spirit, it's time to act upon it. Come on, this altar's open for anyone. Listen, we're all bound by temptation. There's all things around us. It doesn't matter what it is. Come on, there's no labels on it. Temptation, something pulling at you, something drawing in. Come on, just take a few moments to pray. I don't care if many rebuke the devil. Get behind me, Satan. Come on. You have that power. Resist the devil, and he must flee from you. Come on. Judas knew where he was living. He may not have fully understand the impact of what was taking place but I think he finally realized and it still didn't keep him think about it he wasn't a Galilean and some could say well he didn't understand he didn't know about the true messianic the true messiah the things that's why he was chosen. Could be. Could be. He was a little bit different in that area. But didn't change the fact, listen, you've been in services. You've seen the power of God. You've seen the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. You've witnessed things just like he did those years with Jesus. But he still chose to follow through with it. Come on. All the Lord wants us to do is humble ourselves before Him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. God, I don't mean to cause any damage, harm, Lord. I don't want to see your spirit, God, unglorified. No way, shape, or form, Jesus.